Hello, my fellow divers of the deep, vast void of all things spooky. Do you like it? I'm testing it out for the show. I haven't told Tom yet. Well, anyways, welcome to another episode of the Deep Dive Microcast. In these brief episodes, Tom and I take turns exploring topics that fascinate us or intrigue us, and they serve as an interlude between our bi-weekly episodes of the Deep Dive podcast. So welcome to a short, brief treat. Why is today's episode so special, you may ask? Well, you see, it's the last episode before the epic Halloween four-part extravaganza known as the month of October. Here at the Deep Dive Podcast, we appreciate all things spooky, and we like to share that love and appreciation with all of you. So make sure you set your calendars, set your notifications, set your alarms, and stay tuned. Now, on with this show. Cornstarch chocolate syrup. Carry Evil Dead and Jaws. What do all these things have in common? Well, if you answered most potent potables, like on that Jeopardy show, you'd be wrong. No, see, Carry Evil Dead and Jaws are some of the most iconic films in movie history, sure. But they also feature lots and lots, and in Carrie's case, lots of fake blood. But surely it's not real. Surely it's not real. Well, let's explore that. How do movies create such realistic-looking fluids as to make their audiences cringe? How much does that cost? Do movies actually have a budget for just fake blood? What did some of the most notable horror classics use to compensate for the lack of human donation? Well, while there are certainly films before it, Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 horror film Psycho gave a new meaning to shocking. Audiences watched as a young woman was stabbed to death in a motel shower, and as her life force streamed into the tub's drain, folks were left to question reality. Did he use real blood? That can't be real. Was that really her being stabbed? The sounds were so visceral, and the fake blood looked so realistic. Well, with a little bit of research, it turns out a widely accepted explanation is that Hitchcock used Bosco's chocolate syrup because it was dark, it showed up well on camera, and it had the consistency of what he imagined might frighten people the most. Now, let's say that the master of horror film did use Bosco's chocolate syrup. Let's imagine that back in 1960, each container of Bosco chocolate syrup, which was readily available to the public, came in about 10-ounce jars, and it cost about 50 cents per jar. There are some reports that multiple takes were needed, and Hitchcock used nearly 40 cups of syrup, or... 320 fluid ounces, or in about 1960, $16 worth of money. With inflation of over 700%, we're looking at over $130 for arguably the most iconic horror film seen to date. Hitchcock had a budget of just over $800,000 for the entire film. So let's face it, he's basically the 20th century's coupon lady. Now, in modern times, Visual effects like these can cost anywhere from pennies to hundreds of thousands of dollars and hundreds of labor hours depending on the material and the quantity needed. How much money do you think they set aside for shark guts in the Jaws film? Well, that's another topic for another day. As the years went on, more and more recipes were created and film tested for their authenticity. In many cases, toxic materials were used. One recipe I found called for photograph development fluid. Can you imagine getting that in your mouth? No. But there's one thing we can attribute to Psycho beyond anything else. It started something. 
movies would now come to be rated on their gore or their splatter effect. Can you imagine that? Rating a movie on how much blood is in it. Maybe it seems silly because we have movie ratings now, but the idea that movies could be rated based on how much blood was used seems kind of crazy to me. Thanks, Alfred Hitchcock. Now, for today's purposes, there's something called real blood, i.e. R-E-E-L. Many directors choose to use this mixture because of its consistency and its legitimate looking formula. Now, the formula, which is kind of hard to nail down, seems to oxidize like real blood, and it stains like the real thing. The website for the producers say that this thriller filler is not to be used near your eyes, and you can't use it in a shower's pipe system because bacteria can grow. Bacteria. Is this thing alive? Is it real blood? If I was a visual effects director, this sounds like the perfect choice to make stomachs churn. The only problem is it's going to cost you nearly $5 per fluid ounce. Can you imagine what Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead must have had for a blood budget? (laughs) Yeah. Glycerin is a commonly found ingredient in nature with a sweet taste. It can be combined with water or cornstarch to make the coolest slime project for your 11-year-old or just make that man fly look super gross in the latest stage of his development. Poor Jeff Goldblum. Speaking of which, remember that scene in Jurassic Park where the Dilophosaurus spits venom in Dennis Nedry's face? Yeah, glycerin mixture. A truly gruesome experience is researching this topic. There are countless websites dedicated to the construction of fake bodily fluids, all the way from Wikipedia to homemade angel fire sites. Yep, they still exist. That's it for me. This quick little episode is a prelude of what's to come in the following weeks as we gear up for the spectacular month of October. Each week, we'll have a new episode up discussing a new topic. If you want to get a feel of this momentous occasion, just head to our website and check out last year's Halloween specials. Also, while you're there, head over to our merch stand. You can get yourself a limited edition Halloween deep dive podcast t-shirt, which are only going to be sold in limited quantities. And when they sell out, it's going to be pretty hard to get your hands on one. I'm sure that Sotheby's will charge a pretty penny. So this is me, Mandalorian, signing off, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Stay tuned. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Lounge theme was arranged and performed by Robert Acorn, based on the original composition by Ryan Blaney. The Deep Dive Microcast is a production of Automaton Studios. Thanks for listening.